Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. This is Yusuf Mali, this side of the mic, hosting Talking Point this evening. And uh, what can you expect for this evening? Well, there's a lot to talk about. As we know, it's Monday evening, it's the start of the week, and there's a lot of things happening. We already have our guest in studio already that will be focusing on the first issue that we will be tackling, and that's Hanover Park Crisis. Now, um, just kicking off that with local, that is Hanover Park Crisis. Uh, we also have uh, Alderman J.P. Smith that will be in a little bit later, but you can already send your SMSs through, through 4791. I'll repeat that SMS line is 47913. We won't be opening the lines up as yet, but as soon as we are alone with Mr. Alderman J.P. Smith, we will open up the line so you can ask him some questions, um, not only relating to the Hanover Park crisis that we will be focusing on now. Now, the, as I said, the, we are going to be talking about uh, the crisis, but we will ask uh, J.P. What, what can we expect for the festive season, the future plans, and how do, uh, are we going to curb and reduce crime in, this, in our mother city? After that, we go to the national and innovation and in aviation and the local cape town won the avi award last week and we'll be speaking to various guests with and this is just before maghrib inshallah and as we know maghrib will be at 1931 inshallah after that we'll be uh, going on the super highway and that's the internet focusing specifically on the festive online shopping we're speaking to experts on that and uh, after that at eight o'clock we'll be doing the syrian campaign and the palestinian play in aid of palestine building a movement of hope inshallah we speaking to the QTTC. After that, that from uh, 20 past 8 till 20 to 9, the lines will be open. And uh, you'll need to actually talk to us and we would like to hear what your thoughts on the topics that we dis- just discussed or and also uh, things that is uh, you want us to focus on. And I'll repeat that number. Uh, you can call us on 021-442-3530 and that will be at 20 past 8 and from then onwards still that will be till Ishai and Ishai will be at 20.49 and as I said I alluded to we have a guest already in studio and that's none other than Weldon Cameron and he is the uh, secretary and of the CPF and the public relations officer so he's got a man of many titles many hats and that's none other than Weldon good evening to you and welcome to Talking Point Hello, good evening. Good evening to all the listeners. Thank you for making yourself available. Now, um, I haven't given an introduction because there's no introduction needed. We know there's a crisis in Hanover Park. We've seen it in the newspapers. We've seen it on television. We know there's a problem. We need to talk about it. Let, uh, let's we just focus on uh, those the situation. How uh, Give us a roadmap how it led to what we are currently looking at, which is a total war that's happening in Hanover Park. At the outset of the situation, we've had one gang member that have stabbed another, mm-hmm. and one thing led to the other. What have happened from there is that more gangs got involved, and more gangs have pledged support to both those warring factions. With the result that Hanover Park, at this current moment in time, it can be, it's something similar to a no-go zone, because if kids are going to school, you have shots uh, ringing out. The very same happens at night, late at night. Yes, the latest incident we've had yesterday was even when those gangsters have dared to shoot on the police. So nobody's really safe, whether you're from the law enforcement agencies or whether you're a normal person that are in Hanover Park. So um, uh, looking at how scary the situation is, you have uh, people that's phoning us early in the morning and telling us, look here, the situation is so scary. We, uh, our kids are scared to go out, to go, go to school, let alone uh, talking about going to work. Uh, give us some uh, um, incidences that you know of that, uh, that has really affected uh, the, you as a CPF. Uh, we can identify with the situation because uh, we get complaints on a daily basis. 
and the type of complaints that we have from normal law-abiding people, people that are on their way to work, people that have been robbed or mocked, people that have been victims of gunshot, uh, gunshots ringing out, children that are scared to go to school, and especially now with the matriculants sitting for the exams, everybody's emotional about what's happening in Anvil Park. Now, um, looking at how, uh, CPF, what are you doing? What is your role at the moment and uh, is your hands tied? The CPF, um, the CPF are duly uh, legislated and mandated and um, that are brought about with the constitution of this country. That is the same constitution that gives you freedom of speech, freedom of movement. That very same constitution says that there should be a body through which the community can liaise in terms of the safety issues and any other issue. And there should also be a platform for the community to have oversight duty over the police. And that is exactly what we're there for. We're the middleman between the police and the community. Now, how effective is your position at the moment? At this moment in time, we don't get a lot of support. Why is that so? The support that we need are intergovernmental. There are Currently, it's the uh, Department of Community Safety that is on board. Um, our stakeholders uh, platform, the stakeholders forum, have been revived. And with the stakeholders forum that have been revived, we've engaged with safe schools. We're currently engaging with Department of Education. Uh, last week, uh, we've had the MEC for Health that also came to Hanover Park because the situation is so dire now that the clinic have uh, been closed. The library have been closed and the rent of a staff are sitting out at Manenburg, which is the next, uh, uh, that, that is about three or four kilometers from where they used to be. So everybody's inconvenienced by this gang violence going on. It is really scary. Let's, um, the time now, 22 minutes past the hour of six. Let's take a short break and be back just after this. We do have the next guest also in, that is JP Smith. He's already waiting for us and we'll be uh, speaking to him just after this break. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. The time now, 25 minutes past the hour of six. And I'm doing hosting on uh, the side of the mic, which is Talking Point. Uh, we have in studio with us Weldon Cameron. He's just uh, he alluded to us the situation that is in Hanover Park, the crisis that is happening. And I just spoke now a little bit uh, to uh, Alderman J.P. Smith, and he's also in studio with us. Good evening to you, and thank you for making yourself available. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam. Thanks a lot for that. I love that greeting. Thanks, Alderman. Um, Alderman, I believe um, you came f- uh, from another incident, or should I say another meeting with lots of other incidences. Um, I know we're just talking about Hanover Park, but just give us an idea of what you just came from now. I had the identical conversation now with residents from Parkwood who are here complaining about the same. And I went out um, twice over the weekend with Metro Police. Hanover Park and Ottery and their residents stopped us um, specifically in Ottery complaining about the identical thing um, in um, Lotus River. We have simultaneous gang violence flare-ups in Atlantis, Elsie's. Elsie's River was really bad in the range. Um, it went completely berserk there. Um, that was gang violence on steroids, so just complete open season on the police as well. And it didn't help that the residents were piling in and helping the gangsters. So the same residents who allegedly don't want the gangsters when you go and do an enforcement operations, don't spring in and they throw bottles, stones, petrol bombs at the police. So I've got pictures of my guys fleeing this mob 
Even in, in um, Ottery, we saw a little of this. People who came out and argued with our staff, you know, we must leave these gangsters and rather go tackle those gangsters. These mm-hmm. gangsters are harmless. Why are you hassling them in these houses here? There's nothing here. Mm. Although in each of the three houses we raided, we found drugs, but apparently that's nothing. So um, unfortunately, the community sends us complicated and mixed messages. Uh, luckily, not all the communities. There's some people with their heads screwed on right to who give good information and tip-offs, which is very valuable. We act on those tip-offs with great sincerity. Um, we, uh, we also manage informants. And through the Gang and Drug Task Team, and now also the Stabilization Unit we've deployed in Mandenburg, uh, we are getting, um, we're getting better results. We've you know, gone from about 380 gang-related arrests a year to 2,800. Our conviction rate along the drug crimes specifically is sitting at about 67% compared to what the National Police Service gets, which is very much lower than that. Uh, so the the um, dedicated, the specialized units work. We should bring them back. It's a sad thing that national government is so committed to not doing it. Even though Schleko said a few months ago they were going to, he issued a statement again a few weeks ago saying, no, it's off the cards. So that is unfortunate. But from our side, we're doing everything we can. And in Hanover Park, we tried two extra measures. One was the gunfire detection system which ran as a pilot for a few months. It's not, not operational anymore, but we've decided we want it based on the pilot and we'll go out to tender for it soon. And maybe we'll even get a South African supply. And the second one was ceasefire, which has come to the end of its term as well. It ran for three years and we're comparing the stats now, and I've got them here. We're comparing the stats now of what they achieved versus the first three years. And if we like what they did, we could put the project out for tender again and see what it, what it does. The net answer of that is it probably saved about a third of the murders. If you look at the stats for five years and you look at the stats for the last three years and you compare the three years against the five years before, it looks like year on year we managed to reduce gang violence by about a third. But of course it has a cost. And one has to say, well, how is that money best spent? Are you better off taking that money and pushing it into more uniformed offices or are you better off running something like that because you know i'm a little bit cynical about pushing more cops onto the street all the time because the gang violence only subsides while the cops are there and you can never keep the cops there all the time even now the stabilization unit in mannenberg i'm under lots of pressure now to take them to ottery and parkwood and all these other spots and and hanover park and elsie's and to try and calm things there so when you take policemen away the behavior of the public that is left behind doesn't change you need different types of investments, and that's why we tried ceasefire as an experiment to see if that achieved a different long-term outcome. That is true, J.P. Smith. Um, that's Alderman J.P. Smith. But now that's why this, that's why you have CPF. And uh, Mr. Weldon, do you have anything to actually, um, not to argue about, but uh, do you have a point to raise there? Yes, indeed, I do. We, as the local CPF, we find that all these projects actually run past us. Past us in the sense that we're not engaged. We don't have a platform where we can voice whether it's our opinion or dissatisfaction or whatever. The very same with the ceasefire project. I'm also ceasefire trained. I've been one of the very first people that have been trained on the ceasefire project. And the project that we know, that we have been trained to, and what is being done out there are two different things. Ceasefire do not engage with CPF. We don't have meetings. Um, I would say that we actually fighting the same scourge. We've got the very same mandate to stop the shootings and the killings. 
But ultimately, if we don't speak to each other, then we would not find an amicable solution that is to the benefit of the community. And all the other projects that have come into Hanover Park, we've got the MAP that have come into Hanover Park now. That is a mayoral urban uh, regenerative uh, program. And we have not been engaged. Our ward committee in Hanover Park, we don't have a, rep a representative on that ward forum for safety and security, which stems from the CPF or any one of our affiliated member organizations. So what we're doing is that we're actually asking government, whether it's local government, whether it's provincial government, we're asking for government to please engage. Hence the reason for us reviving our stakeholders forum, so that we have one conduit, we speak with one voice, and we engage on one platform. Now, tell me uh, uh, your opinion. Why is there a disconnect between uh, the CPF and uh, the powers that be? Um, that is um, for what have happened in the past is that the CPF have voiced their dissatisfaction for quite a number of projects that came into Hanover Park. And you can even uh, speak to the alderman sitting here on my right. Uh, there was some disagreement amongst us. And um, in, the, in the light of that, there was no real political war to engage with the CPF, no real political war to ensure that our voice or our opinion are also uh, heard and also the fact that we've got member organizations that serves also on the safety and security platform. Those people, we running against a brick wall. We've attempted to speak to the mayor. We've attempted to have things done the right way by making contact with the chief whip of the DA. Also to bring our councillor in line because our councillor is not in line. Our councillor doesn't even recognize the CPF. Unfortunately, it is of that nature that we should be recognized being uh, uh, legislated and mandated in terms of the constitution of this country. But we need to speak to each other. And it's not going to benefit our communities if we don't speak to each other. We're speaking past each other. Everyone is doing their own thing in their little corner. But ultimately the community is standing to lose. That is true, because at the moment you want to see results. And that's why we're having this discussion this evening. We're looking at all the problems. Uh, there's a disconnect between uh, yourself and also the powers that be. There is, uh, I've also, you've also informed me personally, where you said you tried to have uh, interviews with the mayor, but uh, she's never available. Now, besides the mayor, is there, other alter is there another alternative? And have you actually uh, addressed that? The other alternative to that was um, making contact with the mayor was to make contact with the chief whip mm -hmm. of, the, uh, of the DA. And the DA are the local government, and that's uh, our area. It's a DA councillor, the mayor is a DA uh, candidate. So we tried doing that only to get a very negative response. Um, we have not attempted after that. The reason being obvious, the very last meeting that the mayor cancelled was one hour before we were supposed to meet. Wow. Oh, that. Wow. Okay. Um, that, that, that is really scary. Uh, JP uh, Alderman, um, can you have? Any, do you have anything to say there? What's your comments on on the statements that uh, um, Mr. Walden is making? Look, to some extent, I don't want to get into what Mr. Walden is talking about because it's beyond my ability to influence. Mm -hmm. I did try. He will tell you that I did try and set up meetings, and they have a a, a problem around internal community politics. And can I tell you? It is emblematic of the fact or 
that we're sitting here having this conversation instead of talking about crime, fighting crime, hmm. is my experience of Hanover Park. Mr. Walden will excuse me if I say this, and I don't. This is not directed at him. It's directed against the larger politics in Hanover Park. I work with communities across the city. Every now and again, you find a community that is more hell bent on self-destruction than others. Hanover Park is one of two communities in my mind that stands out for me as a community that is superlatively self-destructive with the most Byzantine internal politics that does it no good, that does not stand it in good stead. And it is so frustrating when you are like me, you're really just goal-oriented. I get sick of the community politics. I want nothing to do with it. Mr. Walden knows he can always talk to me. So when he says he can't engage with the city, that cannot include me. My door is always open. I mm. speak to anybody. I'll sell him a slachy and I'm still there <laughs> to speak to them the next day. His problem is that he's in, in his, uh, and their ward councillor have a terminal inability to engage. Their ward councillor doesn't recognize them. He doesn't believe that they're making legitimate effort or whatever. I can't resolve that. I did I try and direct them to the mayor. The mayor will have her own reasons to show, um, why she... You know, uh, formed an opinion as to who's doing what. She applied her own mind. I'm not quite sure how they must address that. But that they must address it is important because we're all getting distracted from the core. We're mm-hmm. sitting here bickering over nonsense. The stakeholder forum, they must get back onto the stakeholder forum and they must do their bit on the stakeholder forum. It's that simple. That stakeholder forum is going to pump huge resources and money. Uh, urban <coughs> infrastructure redesign into Hanover Park. Hanover Park is going to be one of the lucky few suburbs that is getting a massive cash injection in terms of turning that area around. The lessons we learned in Kailicha about public open space upgrade, septet crime prevention through environmental design, and the investment in skills development and the people investment, neighborhood watches, resourcing them, that investment is coming, we're sharing with Hanover Park, Nyanga, Kuguletu, and Mannenberg. And then in a lesser, in a lighter way with the 11 other MERP nodes, Mayor's Urban Regeneration Program nodes, which is like Athlone Town Centre, Gatesville Town Centre, um, the legacy VPUU investment in, in Mitchell's Plain Town Centre, where we spent a lot of money upgrading those spaces. Um, and uh, other nodes like Hanover, Bontieville, uh, Bishop, Laver, uh, Bishop Lavers, and... Um, Menenberg. And... Uh, uh, Valhalla Park. There are, so there are f- several other nodes where we're making these lighter investments um, within our resources. So uh, the the issue with ceasefire, I must say, I think happened during a time when then CPF was so dysfunctional there was not a proper CPF to talk up to. Mm. You spoke with so many different voices we never knew who you were talking to and who was serving what agenda. And as a community, you do yourself a lot of harm when that happens. I know how easy it is to speak to a community. If you can permit me this one example, um, Seapoint, where I used to be ward councillor, and how easy it was to speak to that CPF, because that's such a strong, consolidated voice. When you get to Hanover Park, you don't have that at all. And that's not your fault necessarily, Mr. Weldon. That's legacy stuff that you might, that if you're able to turn around, you'll be a big man. Um, but that needs to be changed if your community is going to go forward and if your CPF is going to become an organizational spindle for, for driving positive change. When we had the ceasefire conversation last time, we did engage the CPF. And a certain person from the CPF was even employed to do the benchmark study, 
We had so many problems, I can't tell you how many woes. And I understand that the officials eventually threw their hands up in the air and walked away from it and said, um, So now that is going out, we can certainly engage you this time around. Um, we will put it out to tender. It will be a commercial tender. If there's other entities in the community, it's, you know, it's an open thing. Anybody can compete for it. Um, and the same goes for Mannenberg, where we will also try and deploy it. Uh, but... Um, I don't want to play the the blame game. I'm quite keen to look forward. There are issues here that you need to fix, but I can't fix them for you. I'm very happy to look at the safety and security stuff and say, how do we give your neighborhood watch, watches a shot in the arm? How do I recruit as many of your members into my law enforcement auxiliary service and give them the powers of law enforcement officials? I've got 330 law enforcement auxiliary service members. Um, uh, reservists, police reservists who work inside the city. You know, national government has been disinvesting in the reservists aggressively. Slowly but surely, or very rapidly, our reservist numbers have plummeted. So I'm building from the city side a reservist force as quickly as I can. Athlone is on its second intake already, but not in Hanover Park because the community is too fragmented to to lock onto these projects and drive it. So I don't want to play the blame game, but I'm willing to do anything to help you. And two of my flagship projects I spent on Hanover Park. I didn't take it elsewhere. I didn't go and take it to Ottery or Mannenberg or Seapoint or some other area. They're both the shot spotter, which was our attempt at seeing if we could do better with when we used technology, and we did. We took more firearms off the road in five months of that period than we'd done in five years before. Definitely helped us perform a lot faster. And ceasefire we deployed in Hanover Park because I was so keen to make a difference there. I'm speaking to uh, Alderman J.P. Smith, that's uh, from Security and Safety, and also to Alden Cameron, he's from the CPF Hanover Park, he's a Secretary and PRO. At the time now, 20, uh, that 40 minutes past the hour of 6, it's time for a break. Let's uh, take a short break and be back with Talking Point. Talking Point. Getting you talking. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. As you heard, that is Talking Point. The time now, 43 minutes past the hour of six. I'm Yusuf Mali and I'm behind the mic here and we're busy speaking to none other than uh, uh, Walden Cameron, CPF Hanover Han- Park Secretary and PRO. We just heard a few minutes ago that was uh, Alderman J.P. Smith uh, having something to say. What would we like to hear from now from CPF? Do you concur? Do you see that Alderman is uh, making a positive approach? And But is it uh, w- what is happening? Where is the, the disconnect that in your eyes? The approach that the Alderman is doing is a positive approach. The Alderman have been in Hanover Park. We know that he's coming to Hanover Park. We know that he deploys his forces there. Um, unfortunately, the other side of the political spectrum needs to engage. They need to come on board. And here in particular that we are totally dislodged from the ward councillor, we dislodged from the ward committee, we don't have a representative from the CPF on the ward committee. The stakeholders, we're busy reviving the stakeholders in Hanover Park. And also in terms of the VPUU, that is the violence uh, prevention through urban upgrading, which we also subscribe to. We want to see the snack formation. That is the Safe Notes Action Committee, because ultimately that would be the project steering committee, and that will engage local people, local contractors that will engage the community to get work and to partake so that there's more money coming into the community, so that the community can become self-reliant and self-sufficient. That project is worth such a lot of money that there's a lot of people and a lot of people's lives that can be turned around as a result of that. But that's not the only uh, ideal way I want to see ourselves in Hanover Park. 
we need to get the buy-in of all the MECs, like uh, social development, um, MEC Fritz. We need to get the um, Department of Corrections, uh, Corrections. We need to know who are the people that are coming out on parole, who are they, so that we can target these people to try and also turn their lives around and also give them an opportunity to turn their lives around because ultimately we need to uh, just be proactive. We, did it, we needn't wait for something to happen before we react. We should actually see the situation coming around the corner and that is part of being proactive but we don't have the necessary resources, we don't have the necessary government buy-in. And we're also saying that we're not sitting and waiting for handouts. Mm. We really want to do something for ourselves. But we need the buy-in of the government because they're responsible for us. That's so true. And this plea isn't to say it's only the first time you're making this plea. This has been an ongoing plea, but it's just going falling on deaf ears. You're correct in saying that. Please. Now, looking at, uh, you alluded to us that it's, uh, we have to maybe have an interview with a counsellor. If you can uh, be so brave to, to let us know the counsellors that we need to address and how we can actually address this issue, to, uh, who would be the right uh, counsellors to have in? The counsellors would be Councillor Junaid Hussain. He is in Ward 47. And then uh, Councillor Antonio van der Rede. He is in Ward 46. Now, um, why is there actually two councillors? Is that both in Hanover Park? Uh, both are in Hanover Park, but uh, Hanover Park also have the borders because uh, Councillor Junaid Hussain would be a PR councillor and uh, Councillor van der Rede. Uh, is a full-time counselor. Now, uh, looking at, uh, uh, you have approached them so many times. Why do you think they actually disconnected from you? Um, counselor Zunaitu Sain, I haven't approached him thus far, mm -hmm. but gauging from what I've seen in the sub-council meetings and also um, what I've uh, seen, how they conduct themselves and what their sentiment are towards the CPF, I have not engaged with him. Councillor van der Rede, I have invited him to our latest stakeholder meeting. That was uh, about a week ago. He never even had the decency to respond to say, I'm not coming. Wow. But I've got news for Councillor van der Rede. I will keep no. on inviting him. Yes, please do And that, that is in a spirit of goodwill. Yes. He needs to take it in the spirit that I'm saying it. I will keep on inviting him because he needs to be part of our platforms and they need to engage with the community at large. Yes, how many people must still uh, die and how many people must suffer before something is being done? And that is one uh, point that needs to be brought forward because uh, those councillors are there to service the community. And if they're not, uh, though, there is a disconnect. So something needs to be done about that. But Alderman, do you have some, anything to say about that? Look, I think that we must not separate the fact that you can't say nothing is being done, a whole range. The city is a junior player in this, remember? I know you're only just talking to the city because Saps isn't here. Minister Nschleko should be sitting here. He owns 97% of the police in Cape Town. He owns the entire Christian criminal justice system, along with his colleagues in the NPA and the DOJ. I have no control, nor has Dan any control over any part of those processes. So there, 97% of the answer must lie with them. I can only do a little bit, and we have no investigative powers. So Metro Police is not your answer here. The city has other resources and other programs it must run, uh, youth development and job creation as best we can and those kind of things, along with provincial and national government, absolutely. But SAPS is missing from this conversation, and I don't think it's fair to Councillor van Arreda and them for us to sit here and discuss them. Their side of the story is not being listed. Councillor van Arreda probably has a good reason why he believes that the CPF is not a viable partner and based on the behaviour of the past. But that conversation you would have, must have with him, he's not here to defend himself, so that's not entirely reasonable. And I can't do so because... You know, I'm not in his head. 
he must come and explain himself. What I think we could better talk about is is what the community can do because there are programs running and the the MERP project and the funding for that is coming online. Those that that those design workshops are happening. The the plans are coming online. Um, we're going to announce the the some of those project proposals uh, for Hanover Park will will be coming out soon, like we did for Manenberg. Um, so it's important that you fix that. But work is happening. And we are doing enforcement work. Metro Police is there doing arrests. Um, I see those stats. I look at those stats very carefully. Um, and there is good stuff that we can do with you now. And we can drive um, around our five-point community policing support program that I would like to, to, to do a lot more and to get you more involved in, in terms of intelligence and tip-offs. Their quality of the policing is only as good as the quality of the tip-offs. And we'd like to get a lot more tip-offs from Hanover Park residents we're even willing to pay for information. Yes, thank you. Oh, that's Alderman J.P. Smith. Uh, we are, uh, also have uh, with us, uh, as I mentioned earlier, that is uh, Mr. Weldon Cameron. Do you have anything else to say, sir? Um, yes, with the use of um, Councillor. We've got all the respect in the world for you. Because you are the, you're out on the ground, we see you. The results are tangible. We see what's happening. But my call and my plea to the councillors and everybody else is that we need to engage in conversation mm-hmm. to make things right in going forward. And that is set in a very positive spirit. We really need all of you. So I just hope that this call or this request doesn't fall on deaf ears. I hope so too. Now, Monica, I-, I will make an effort again to try and set up a discussion with Mr. Weldon um, and the relevant stakeholders in Cape Town. I will first try and facilitate that now. Thank Thanks. you. Constantly. Thanks a lot to you. The time now is 15 minutes past the hour of six. Let's take a short break and be back just after this with Talking Point. Getting you talking. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. The time now is 53 minutes past the hour of six. I'm Yusuf Mali, the side of the mic, and we, uh, this is Talking Point. Uh, we have in the studio, that's Alderman J.P. Smith, uh, Safety and Security, and also Weldon Cameron, and he's from the CPF Hanover Park. As we heard both of them speaking, we'd like to hear what's your thoughts. Do send an SMS 47913, 47913. But now for the next few minutes, we'll be speaking to Alderman J.P. Smith, looking at the roadmap, because we all hear the, uh, all this uh, funny term, being mentioned from MERP to uh, to ceasefire to shot spotter uh, that do sound foreign to many of us who are sitting at home that just hear those um, uh, innuendos and talking about those terms but we don't know what it means but maybe um, Alderman J.P. Smith can actually uh, draw that map for us and so that we can understand what difference is safety and security doing to our city. I think perhaps a good point to start is where Mr. Weldon and I were talking about in what the capacity of Metro Police. So Metro Police has about 600 members across the whole city and a bit more in law enforcement. But remember that the Constitution says our job is traffic and by law enforcement. So people say, well, oh, that's petty stuff. Well, that's what the Constitution says local government's job is. We're not mm-hmm. supposed to be busting gangs and, you know, kicking down doors. But because things were going so bad in so badly across the Cape Flats, when Ellen became mayor, she started the ball rolling. We started with the drug, um, the, 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 the drug raids, executing warrants first with SAPs and autonomously. Now we're doing 252 operations first with SAPs, now autonomously. We're paying informants. We created specialized units, dro- um, a drug unit, gang unit, 
sniffer dogs. We combined that into the gang and drug task team, added a special investigations unit so that we can increasingly more target our stuff but higher up the food chain. That's how we've managed to close four drug labs in the last year, have three busts in excess of two million rand. We're less and less worrying with a small fry at the bottom. It doesn't mm-hmm. help to keep on trying to bust people before the one tick lolly and stuff. You want to get to the bigger fish higher up the food chain. And unfortunately, you need some policing powers that's out of our reach. We can't wiretap. We can't, you know, subpoena bank accounts and stuff <clears throat> and cell phone records. But there is stuff that we can do. And we're doing as much of that as is possible through the GDTT and getting better results from it all the time. So I, I would say watch this space where, where every year we get better and better results. Um, and we are able to, to go into an area and help calm that area. Sometimes even when SAPS is not making a very meaningful effort to do so, we are able to go in and calm that. And communities tell me that. Um, you know, we, we didn't see SAPS around, but thank goodness your guys came in. You were 30, 40 of your members were there through the last few days continuously raiding all the drug houses, giving the gangsters something else to worry about. So we try as best we can to achieve a stabilizing effect when things do go wrong. And in, in between that, we try and have a preventative action to try and get at the bad guys before they can do harm. Because the story of gangsterism in Cape Town is that 2% conviction rate. Because only about 2% of them are being convicted, and I've just recently looked at all the stats very carefully, um, you have a situation where your gangsters are just recycled. They get arrested, either not charged or charged, and then with the case withdrawn or the case is not effectively investigated. But the bottom line is, is that they're still there. Mm. They're there the next year and the year after until somebody kills them. But um, they don't go to prison where they belong, or not enough of them. And so your gangsters have a very long and prosperous career and keep on shooting. And that's very destabilizing. And the criminal justice system is going to have to address that and have to fix that. And that really needs a commission of inquiry to look into all by itself. In the meantime, we must do the stuff we can. So one of the experiments I tried in Manenberg, and it's helped quite a lot, was the stabilization unit. It was a joint project with the province um, where we recruited. We have a lot of we have a law enforcement auxiliary service. So that we're the only city in South Africa that has a reserve police force inside the city. And like the SAPS reservist, we have law enforcement auxiliary members. We trained up 90 of them, and we deployed them in Manenberg. <clears throat> in the end, we've only needed about 46 to get that sustained stabilization. We've worked very, very closely with SAPS without distinction. SAPS and, and us work completely hand-in-hand hand there. Major Muller gives the guidance, and our guys work with him and report to him. So there's absolutely no distinction. A group of my stabilization members will go out with the sector um, police head <coughs> in the area and that relationship is very positive so there i think we've been able to have a positive in fact we've seen the the the, the number of shootings drop dramatically i've had several residents of manenberg tell me what a pleasant experience it's been and property crime and other things have dropped commensurately as well i want to try and export that model to our other hotspots i want to get to the situation where we have a stabilization unit in all my hotspots in lavender hill in elsie's and hanover park in ottery in atlantis in in, in the two or three nodes in Mitchell's Plain that need it most, um, perhaps in Delft. And I think this is financially sustainable. I think I have a model now that will not break the bank where I can make it happen. So we are talking very hard in the city about how we do that. Um, And I think over time you'll see the stabilization unit concept grow so that we can keep the peace in more communities. You need to change the culture. Just keeping the peace is not good enough. But changing the culture takes a long time. And I think a mental revolution from people. You're not changing the culture if people are throwing stones at the policeman trying to 
defend them against the gangs. Mm-hmm. There are serious culture issues there. And it's got to do with all the patronage and the money that trickles down from gangsters in the communities and the safe fact that many members of that community have a sense of loyalty closer to the gangsters than to law and order. Um, <clears throat> one of the things that we're trying heavily Yusuf, to invest in is the Five Point Community Police Program. It's all about empowering the CPFs, of the neighborhood watches. I believe big time in neighborhood watches. I think they can make big differences. So there we have trained about 4,000 of them in the last three years. I give 1.6 million rands resources this year, jackets, torches, bicycles, boots, etc. to them. We recruit them into the law enforcement auxiliary service. I have 330 and counting. <clears throat> and we equip them with hand radios, which in a couple of weeks will be linked to the Metro Police control room. So they'll be in direct contact with the control room the whole time. So we're trying everything in our ability to just push up the powers and the reach of those neighborhood watches so that they can do from the community side as much as they can. And then the other stuff is projects like experimenting with technologies like ShotSpotter, which will probably go out to tender again now on a much bigger area, the whole of Hanover Park and Manenberg this time. And hopefully this time we'll have SAPs on board because last time SAPs said to us they would be on board, but when we rolled it out, they didn't touch it for the duration of it running. Mm-hmm. We've now spoken to them, and I think this time around they'll be on board, the cluster commander and the station commander. Um, and Manenberg at least sound excited about it. I've shown them how it works. Um, and as I said to you, sadly, that shows that in Hanover Park, in one square kilometer, we've had 3,200 shooting incidents. And the nice thing when, when ShotSpotter was running is that my guys could respond to every single shooting incident. So we started really recovering quite a lot more firearms because we knew exactly where the gunshot was going off. Mm-hmm. You know, a member of the public can't tell you that. Between the reverberations and the echoes between the buildings, it's very misleading. So uh, it will increase our response rate. And... Uh, the ceasefire project, as I said, will go out to um, tender again, and that will also be for an, an increased uh, area of, of coverage. And the rest of it, all I ask is that the people come forward with their tip-offs, preferably for free. But if you want to be paid, I'm willing to do that as well, because I need that information. I'm very happy to part with a thousand rand or a couple of thousand rand to get rid of a gun off the street. That's money well spent. So the tip-offs are absolutely invaluable. Keep those tip-offs coming. We get about 28 tip-offs a week from good members of the public. Um, and tip-offs from the bad guys as well, which sadly you have to pay for. Mm-hmm. But that drives the quality of policing is those tip-offs. Please keep them coming. Thanks a lot. I am speaking to Alderman J.P. Smith, Minister of Safety and Security, or Alderman of Safety and Security in the Greater Cape Town area, also Weldon Cameron. Uh, we've actually reached the end of our program. The time now is 59 minutes past the hour of six. For last few words, um, Mr. Cameron, uh, would you like to say a few words that are maybe of encouragement, that maybe are, are also maybe your roadmap to peace? Thank you very much, Mr. Yusuf. Um, we really appreciate the fact that Voice of the Cape have once again stuck their necks out for the community of Hanover Park because um, the last time Voice of the Cape have done it, we've seen tremendous results. We've seen government departments engaging. And also... Um, a lot of thanks to Alderman J.P. Smith sitting here on my right hand side. Um, thank you, Alderman, for bringing in the Metropolis. And we also recognize the fact that they've got 10 permanent law enforcement officers that are also stationed in Hanover Park now. Thank you very much for that effort. It actually goes a long way. Thanks a lot to you, Alderman. Any last few words? Yes, sir. Uh, these f- partnerships are valuable. May I ask to CPFs, Canala, all over the city, 
invite me. I am happy to come and sit in CPF meetings and be accountable. I attend as many as I get invited to. So please invite me. I'm happy to come and be accountable at the CPF meeting or at your neighborhood watch meeting. Sometimes people say to me, oh, you went to the meeting in, 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 in Seapoint or you went to the meeting in Belleville. And I say, yes, I got, I got invited there. Mm-hmm. So please, I, I, I plead with you, invite me and I will come and then we can talk. And very soon, our Project Epic will go live in 22 February next year. Mm-hmm. That's an, an, an IT modernization that will, for the first time, create in my vehicles I will have computer-aided dispatcher. When you call in, you make a complaint, the dispatcher can see where all of his resources are. He can dispatch them efficiently. We can see when guys are not pulling their weight. Mm-hmm. We can make sure that there is greater efficiency in the system. This is a very basic technology that every police force in the world, modern mm-hmm. police force, has, but no police force in South Africa yet. So we'll be live with that next year. And the great benefit for CPFs is that all those stats will be on the website of the city. And at the end of the month, you can look at them. You can hold us accountable. It's going to cause a great deal of pain for whoever is MACO member next year after that, um, <laughs> because you'll have a, a much more detailed level of insight into what we are and are not delivering. And when at the CPF meeting, issues are raised for Metropolis Traffic and Law Enforcement, those issues get logged. And when we res- fail to respond to them, they become incidents on that management's blip so that directly Director Robbie Roberts, as my director of policing and enforcement services, he will get a report and say, at the following CPFs, your staff failed to attend to these issues. Now, one human being can't keep track of that all by himself, but with the new systems we're installing, that accountability will be there. And I promise you, the CPFs are going to feel much more confident in the quality of service they're getting. You will know what you're getting from us and what you're not getting. Thanks a lot. That was uh, J.P. Alderman J.P. Smith. And I do say thank you for him and also for Alden Cameron for both coming to uh, in studio to talk about this issue, which is Hanover Park in a crisis and looking at a roadmap to peace. Thank you for both for, for your time.